1: welcome to pod maverick after dark it's kirk henderson and josh Bowe joining you for another episode are we joining you in the middle of a finals game yes we are are we uh, uh hosting a live show two days later than we normally do yes we are shit happens though it's the off season and uh as much as uh, josh and i have every intention of sticking to a regular posting schedule sometimes it's just not gonna happen
2: josh how you doing Doing pretty good. And um, I mean, in this time it wasn't even well, anyone's fault this time. It was an act of God and nature that prevented us from staying on our normal posting schedule. Uh, my power was out uh, all all night uh, Tuesday when we normally record. So okay, we planned on it, but hey, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, and by all night you quite literally till three thirty in the from four thirty
2: p.m. till three
1: thirty. Yeah, you you told me you're like, hey, this is um this is probably going to be a thing. Um, <laughs> check your check your mic connection real quick, so it sounds like you're coming through the computer. Just a little bit of echo. That's going to happen though. Uh-huh. Um, so what on earth are Josh and I going to talk about tonight? So for those who you know might be listening to this at a later date, we're recording on June first. The NBA draft is not for. What is it? We got, it's the 20, I think drafts 22nd, something like that. So we got a couple, like we just, we have this kind of dead time to kill. And, you know, now we're kind of seeing what I was bitching about last week on my live show on Friday where I said, you know, this is where knowing who the Mavericks are working out could generate some like low, (laughs) low stakes, fun discussion stuff. But instead, you know, the Mavericks are just not in the media at all. Um, We got like a cool-looking Luka Doncic clip of him running up some stairs. We've had some interesting kind of, you know, back and forth about whether or not the the Mavericks have a handshake deal with Kyrie. One thing we have had, and this is going to be coming to our site next week, is our um, CBA expert, uh, CBA Mavs, Scott. I think he finally had a chance to dip into the CBA. I mean, he does this, you know, on on his own time. And I will tell you what, man, this CBA is bad news. Like, I really, earnest to God, cannot understand why the players signed it. Because if you listen to any of Bill Simmons talking about this on his show with Ryan Russillo, it effectively destroys the NBA middle class. I know I sound like like a you know like a, a politician talking about economics, but like the last CBA gave guys like let's just say Harrison Barnes, for example, a chance to make a ton of money. And this upcoming CBA, what it does is places such strict penalties for teams that are well above um, certain lines of the tax to make it so it disincentivizes spending money as a team owner which I can't I can't fucking fathom that. Why would you want less money in the salary pool? Why would owners that also, or teams that spend less money generally, want the luxury tax redistribution stuff to be taken out? It is crazy. And I, I'm thinking about that in terms of the Mavericks because I've, I've specifically been thinking about it in terms of the Mavericks, obviously because we run a Mavericks website. It's going to kick the shit out of the Mavericks. But- the mat, it's also going to kick the shit out of like, I don't know, half the league, that, <laughs> because it it is it effectively makes it to where you can have a max of two stars, and then yeah. everybody else is getting paid very little money. Like the the Javale McGee deals, those six to twelve million dollars, those are gone in my head, the way it looks like. I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, say goodbye to any. I mean, we've already been kind of fading away from the three star team that lebron started in miami uh like 10 years ago so Mm -hmm. we've already been trending that direction but this cba will make that official (laughs) like (laughs) there's no way you can have three three star max level players on your team um and yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be weird uh in a weird way yeah the mavericks are gonna be screwed by it because it's gonna make it harder to trade future picks when you're when you reach a certain level and that's kind of all the Mavericks have been banking on trading future picks cause they don't have any picks coming up anytime soon, aside from, you know, obviously the one they're about to have right now right uh, in June. Um, so that's going to hurt. Um, but honestly, you know, it's going to, these teams are going to have to work the margins even better than before. And I think that's something that the Mavericks have shown they have the ability to do, um, but they have not done a great job of it uh, the last I'd say four to five years um, when you look at like who they're spending their, you know, exceptions on and who they're spending their minimum, that minimum contracts on. So they're going to have to get way, way better at that because that's going to be like the only way they're going to be able to add players to this roster uh, in the next like three to four years when Luke is still, you know, Luke is still making a billion dollars or whatever.
1: Well, and you'd normally like one of my big criticisms of the Mavericks for the past 20 plus years is they, do a pretty decent job at the draft when they care about it. Only they've clearly elected not to care about it for like 15 of the last, you know, 20 years. I was, I I normally criticize the matter for not building through the draft, but even still this thing punishes teams that draft well because you you have to make a Sophie's choice between players because you just you can't you can't afford to hold on to your guys Ronald in the chat asks a good question do you guys know in the news CBA will take effect it's not this business year next it, it going into the 20 24 25 season is the first year it takes effect now here's why I think that question is funny uh not funny a good question Normally, when you do something, like when you make an overhaul in how you are going to be doing business like the NBA is doing, they essentially give you a year to help get your house in order, to be prepared to deal with the challenges. What do you think the Dallas Mavericks will do with a year to get their books in order? Will they do that? or will they go on one last ride? Like it's a Vegas gambling, you know, it, it's my final $200 before I'm broke. <laughs> I, 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 I'm heading very quickly into like dark Kirk pessimistic mode because I don't, I don't see a way out from this. What, what the yeah. Books?
2: Yeah. It's really, um, Scott shared it. Uh, it has nothing really even to do with the CBA. Um, but Scott shared, like a screenshot of real GM because they've got the uh, future picks owed like thing for each team. And the Mavericks one is just, it's so funny. It's zero picks incoming. And then the outgoing picks is just like like a big long list. Uh, With the first rounder, they still have to give to New York. The first rounder, they got to give to Brooklyn for Kyrie. And then like eight second rounders that they still have to trade out that they still are are on the books for. And yeah, it's going to make picks more valuable um short-term picks more valuable and like you look at these teams in the west like memphis and new orleans that are already like pretty good and like new orleans has a bunch of additional picks coming their way memphis has like i think like two like one or two first rounders coming their way aside from their own like it's gonna be really hard for them to build in the future unless they can find a way to trade like they can trade someone for for an additional draft pick, if they can trade down to get multiple, you know, a future pick, that's going to start looking more uh, attractive, I think, in the next couple months uh, considering what the CBA is going to do to them team building wise.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that kind of serves as an interesting segue. Um, Our friend, former colleague, former boss, Tim Cato, did an article on The Athletic. Asking the question to his colleagues there at the Athletic, if the Mavericks get what did the who can the Mavericks get if they trade the number ten pick? And I, I, I hate them. <laughs> I haven't I haven't read
2: this. What you is, haven't it, read what, them? What, what is the name? I know. I'm, the I I last thought seventy two hours for me have been awful, so I've been out of the loop.
1: Well, okay. Okay, so oh, this will be fun for me. Tell me it's the name. Fun. So, so there's five of them. One, two Raptors ones. Co- so it's like tra- the first trade: the Mavericks get Chris Boucher, Otto Porner Jr. The Raver- the Ma- uh, the Raptors get the tenth pick and Davis Bertans. Oh basically God! Trade, yeah, basically trading <laughs> the pick to get off salary. That's the first oh. one, and the second one says the mavericks get OG ananobi thaddeus young the raptors get tim hardaway jr josh green and the number 10 pick that would make okay. sense except I... for the rat the raptors guy goes no right. <laughs> like <laughs> that's fair so then the, this one's probably the one that everyone is kind of latched onto, but i want to really put a and a couple people for our site put put enjoyed it which was uh traded to atlanta the mavericks get clint capella and the number 15 pick the hawks get tim hardaway jr and the number 10 pick this would be an interesting one and feels like like probably the most likely of all of these on the list. I just like Clinkapel is 29 and he's played a lot. And so I'm just like, like are you like trading for another big man on his decline is not, I'm just not interested, I, me personally.
2: Yeah, that one's tough because, yeah, he, I mean, when you say he's 29, I actually kind of get taken aback. I thought he was already into his 30s because sure, he's been around he's forever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's played a lot because he basically came up with the Houston James Rockets team. so he's been in the playoffs his whole career. So he's played a lot of games. He's had some he has not great like 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 his injury like he always misses like ten to fifteen games a season like he he hasn't gotten through a healthy season in a long time. yep um I mean he does bring a lot of what they need. I mean he's you know i I, I think when he's on the floor he would be a pretty useful player for them. I don't know how many years are left on his contract. That might be an incentive for it. I think he's what only got like two, maybe a couple years left. I can't. I don't think it's that long. Um, so that might be part of the incentive to do it. And fifteen, you might still get the guy you wanted at ten anyway. So, and Tim is honestly trading Tim and and trading Tim and not getting. Yeah, this final year
1: of his deal. That's why.
2: Yeah, then that makes that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. the, the the thing I'm worried about with trading Tim is you trade Tim, and you that he is your high volume three point shooter. Like I know Kyrie Irving. If you bring him back, he's one as well, but he's still like a play starter for the most no, part. two you years. Know, he's in I'm a sorry, show. I can't read. Oh, two years. Well, even two years is still yeah. is still not that bad. Um, yeah. but the, I worry what the Mavericks will do. Like they would have to use that pick, I think, on someone that can shoot. Because uh, this roster without Tim Hardaway Jr. and you don't replace it with another high volume shooter, I don't know what it what it looks like.
1: Cause well, and and the Mavericks record when Tim Hardaway <laughs> yeah. didn't play was hilariously bleak. Like, or when yeah. he shot bad, or when he shot good. Mm-hmm. the splits. yeah, it yeah. Because so the, the-
2: Luke is like the greatest three point shooter. Th- Three point shot creator in the league. Yeah. If you take away Tim, play some of the center, like, you know, Kyrie, out, outside of Kyrie, like, who's getting up the threes? Like, it's nice that Josh Green can shoot a high percentage, but like, they need someone that can get up eight to nine threes a game and like playing a large role because like, that's like, who's Luka going to be passing it to all game? You know, like, so uh, if they did that trade, hopefully there's someone in that range, that 15th pick that they feel like can. They can develop into a high volume shooter role or they feel like they have someone they can get with the exception that would, that would be my that my worry though if they made that trade.
1: So the next one that he had was another another trade with the Hawks and this one's fascinating for for similar reasons. DeAndre Hunter in the number 15 pick for Josh Green, Davis Bertans in the number 10 pick. I don't see why the the Hawks would do this. Yeah, I that's also- weird. Yeah, I, I, Hunter has been—he's—he's he's a bundle of tools. But to be quite honest, Matthew Phillips of Mass Moneyball made this argument last year that I just sticks in my head, and I think he's right. During Finney Smith, just as good as Hunter. Hunter is a bundle of tools and is never executed in the way that he needs to. You know, he's six eight and has a lot of ability, but he's never really put it together. I,
2: I I mean, he's a vastly better offensive player than Dort. Like they're not even in the same league as offensive players, at least. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I could say it's just availability is a thing. Right. I mean, no, I like, know. That's that's a big the, part of it. The hunter of it all. The hunter of it all is, is just like, okay, so you see know, it on paper, you're like, oh, that'd be a great guy to pair in the backcourt kind of thing with him. Because he's but he's a wing. He's what you're looking for. That one is interesting to me, but I still am just kind of like eesh. Yeah, that, um, that
2: one, I think I like that one more than the uh capella one because yeah i think because i think you can i think it'll be easier to find to replace what they're trading out at 15 like i don't know if they can find a tim hardaway replacement at 15 like that'll be tough but i know you know but again i don't know why the hawks would do it because they're basically trading i mean yeah, you're downgrading from josh green i guess to get to 10 i don't I, you know i don't know because hunter like he has his warts and he, he can't really stay on the floor. He's never played 70 games in a season. Yep. Um, but he's still 25 and he just averaged 15-4 and 15-4 four and four on decent shooting. Like he's and he's a career 14 points per game guy with a you know, and he's he's a defensive-minded guy. Uh when he came into the league. I don't know how good his defense is right now, but like that's why like when you mentioned Dorian, like the Dorian thing, I was kind of like, Dorian's averaged yeah i know once in like eight years and and hunter's done it all four years like they're very maybe dorian's a better a better defender uh i could you know
1: i'm probably not being fair i just the hunter of it all he makes a lot like he make he he signed for a pretty good contract extension um if i remember let me go see what he's making here Uh, but
2: i wonder if his contract is more valuable with this you know yeah he signed a
1: four for 90 so, so he's making, he's making yeah. a good amount of money for the next three years, 20 million a year for the next four. Yeah. Cause this would be the first year of his extension, uh, which that's just the fact I I just, you know, maybe the Hawks would be trying to get out from under it for the exact same reason that we had just been talking about relative to the CBA. And I just, I just don't know. Um, I don't hate it. I am also just sort of confused by it. I, I've, I, but you know, for full disclosure, I'm kind of in the current process of the off season where I just don't feel good about anything. Um, I know we (laughs) like the draft, you know, we like the draft. So that's kind of where we lean. Well, and, and, but anything, what I like about a lot of these trades so far and the next one has the same issue is like the Mavericks keep a pick yeah so keeping barely. a pick is interesting to me i think after we're done talking about this i think we should maybe really talk about some of the elements of, of trading back in general that that i've been thinking about but we'll come back to that so the next one is a pick with the nets uh royce o'neill patty mills and the number 21 pick for davis burton's and the number 10 mm. overall pick we discussed this one today in our slack it's kind of interesting i love like tim leads off with dallas would love to bring back dorian finney smith but the team isn't eligible to trade for him just as an aside guys no, no, no. Luka you didn't Doncic. watch a
2: minute of him with the Nets. If well, you not, want him, back yes, on the yeah, season. not
1: a minute. And it's just like guys, like the the Mavericks made. Like, I love what Dorian gave the team. He gave it his all, but he was also complete. Like he he before Luka Doncic came, he shot thirty percent from three. After Luka Doncic came, he shot thirty eight percent from three. Luka Doncic was no longer in charge of his three point shots. When he goes to to uh, Brooklyn, he goes back to shooting ass. These things are related. I don't, yeah. ugh, anyway, but I, I don't hate this one. I just, I'm,
2: I think this one, this one, I would need the other pick they have in the twenties. Like I would need both of their late, think, their late picks. The but yeah. Just cause I don't know. Number tw- just number 21, like Royce O'Neal's okay. You know, Patty Mills, I don't think he's, I think he's kind of, he's on his, he's almost out of the league. Right. I mean, like he didn't really do much for them last year i don't even know if he would be in the mavericks rotation right now i know the joke is like well the mavericks only have like three good players but like i don't like patty mills did not uh do do a lot last season um but royce is nice he would be a nice player um but i would want maybe because britons that's just like i don't know i I think i would i think the nets have 21 and 22 i I think i would would try to squeeze them and see if i can get 22 out of it also because that would make more sense to me um Cause that's, you're going down, you know, 11 spots.
1: Uh, well, and I've, I've kind of heard funny. that one of the things that, that is being targeted is that the Portland trailblazers may move out of three to go get, um, who's my guy. Bridges. I love yeah, my, sorry, bridges up in Brooklyn and, You know, maybe at that point the Nets, because the Nets have some weird trade, like pick trade, like they're kind of going to have to to figure out a way to rebuild their team because they gave away a whole lot to get James Harden, um, and and then they got
2: some of it back to get when they traded James Harden. They're Mm -hmm. weird, but it's just it's a weird weird.
1: situation. So they're going to have to make some some odd choices in the in the future. So I just I don't know, I don't know. I don't Um, hate that one. Yeah. This one is a non-starter trade. Number six, Sacramento's uh, Mavericks get Rashawn Holmes. The Kings get Davis Bertans. Both uh, Tim, but basically, there's no reason for the Kings to do it. So the, why would they do it? Like then he has one um, trade with the Pelicans. The Mavericks get Larry Nance Jr., Willie Hernan Gomez, Garrett Temple. The Pelicans get Reggie Bullock and Javale McGee. Um, Mike Prada, who is is you know filling in for the Pelicans here, says he's like I could kind of see it, but the the Larry Nance, he just basically says Larry Nance is too important to what the Pelicans do. I think that's true. I think that's true. So yeah, that's kind of the, the, the full list.
2: Yeah, I think the only way that trade makes sense is if instead of JaVale, it's Maxi. but then the Mavericks probably don't do it. Because, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah, Larry is he's pretty important for what they want to do.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Yeah, so then that, you know, now we're kind of in this interesting spot where we're talking about different guys overall at 10. Um, What I've seen, and I've participated in some mock drafts with various guys from draft Twitter, is there's going to be at least one or two late risers in this draft. The... Um, what's a uh, Derek Lively? The Derek Lively of it all is so fascinating to me because I get why teams and players like him. Seven one, he's hitting threes and workouts, but again, he played 20 minutes at Duke and didn't really do too much outside of you know, he shot terribly, frankly, uh, particularly from distance. And he did have some blocks, and I see the tools, but for me. Understanding where I think the Mavericks are as a team, but where they're trying to skirt this line between, you know, drafting for need, drafting for, uh, you know, immediate and then also positioning themselves with somebody to grow. I don't think you can play you can really select a guy like Lively who is raw Um, and that. That's just me, just my thoughts, because I I don't – like, big men – like, we kind of undervalue this because everyone is so excited. Jaden Hardy, look what he did. Jaden Hardy's defensive responsibilities and Derek Lively's defensive responsibilities are on two different fucking planets. Big men have a much harder job because they have to cover everywhere, and, you know, shorter guys just have less responsibility. That's just just a fact in today's NBA.
2: Now – would your opinion of this change if the Mavericks took Derek Lively at fifteen yes. or twenty-one? Yes. In the day they did one of these trades. I just took think Lively. A, I think Lively's Lively one of these 10. guys that's going to be weird? a
1: late riser. I, I oh, okay. So, so you don't you don't
2: think he'll even make it that far?
1: May I mean he might like draft stuff gets weird because people rise and fall. We still got yeah, three weeks. I mean this is like again I commented earlier this week that I'm pretty sure Luka Doncic fell to three because of Mina Kimes article and how he ate nachos at <laughs> a cuz this is how stupid like teams get way too much time to overthink this. You mm-hmm. see it happen in all sports drafts. It's crazy. The obvious guy just doesn't go where he ought to go. But I'm I'm hopeful in in this respect where at 10, you know, uh there's just gonna be some guys there. When I participated in a draft earlier this week, Jarris Walker of Houston was there. Now, you're you're probably thinking Kirk, you just said you don't want a young raw big man. 6 foot 8 like human monster Jarvis Walker is a different physical beast than Derek Lively. Well,
2: I also his, played a much more important role for a really good team. For Lively a really good just, team,
1: yeah, Lively was just. I'm not a big fringe. like draft Nick. I don't want to claim to be, but Kelvin Sampson teams my entire life have been staffed by like lunatics on defense, guys that play hard, and the Mavericks need a banger. If he's there at ten, for me. As of this moment, you take that guy, no question. Then you look yeah. at some of the other guys who may fall. Um, and, and it's just basically what you want to do when I'm talking about this, guys, is go look at the mock drafts and look at anyone slotted from five to 10, 15 and say to yourself, Do I see any of these guys rising and falling? You know, I, like, I don't think Cam Whitmore is going to be there by any stretch. I don't think like, I think someone like the Washington wizards painfully will take my guy Anthony black. That'll make me sad. But I I just, I think at this point with that 10th pick, with what we're looking at, unless the Mavericks receive some kind of really superior offer to both pick up a player and a potential for a future asset, I really just want them to take the best guy. I, I, you know, they're not going to do that, but that's what I want.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Especially with, you know, like you said, there's, like lively feels like a guy in workouts that's gonna go up the board because again, he's just you said he's got all the tools. Like he's gonna probably look really good in workouts. Um if he's making jumpers and he's gonna he's gonna look like he's gonna look like a top ten guy. Um so yeah, we you know, I don't know. There's it's really funny, like there's like a kind of a consensus top nine forming, and mm-hmm. I like all of like the top nine. <laughs> And if just one of those guys falls, whether it's Jairus Walker, whether it's Taylor Hendricks, whether it's Anthony Black, like those are the three that I'm like I'm running to the po- to the to the phone to call that pick in, you know, mm-hmm. just as soon as I can. Like I love those guys. Um, I, I just don't, you know. What's also we don't know is there's a lot of teams in the top ten that don't also are like yeah. the Mavericks that don't want to develop a rookie like Portland does. Portland wants to win just as bad as the Mavs do. Um, Washington has been adrift forever and they've got Bradley Beal and Christoph Zingis. Do they want another, you know, uh, high draft pick? Like, Charlotte is kind of weird. Like, I think we, there's like three te- three or four teams above the Mavericks that, that have been rumored that they also want to trade, whether it's straight down or or trade for, like, a, an impact player. So, who knows? Like, maybe, you know, another team jumps in that we don't even know about and they take it. I game. mean, I uh, think that's like, likely. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, it's hard to, it's hard to predict, but Lively, Lively is like the kind of guy that I'm always talking about where, you know, people, you know, it's like, why spend your mid-level exception on JaVale McGee when you can draft these guys in the 20s or, or you know, outside of the lottery? Like you look at like a Mitchell Robinson, mm. a, Rob, a Rob Williams, Hell, Rudy Gobert was taken outside of the lottery too. Mm-hmm. Like you can find big men outside of the lottery in the first round or or the top of the second. And, and you can get what you're looking for um, because, you know, the guys that are, that can shoot and stuff like they're obviously going to be like the top in the top five, but the guys that can't shoot, you know, teams are going to pick wings and guards over, over centers that can't shoot right now because of the way the NBA is, but you still need one of those guys. So like lively would be like a great, like if they did trade down uh, and they were able to address their wing depth, like whether it's a Royce O'Neal or Deandre Hunter, and then at fifteen or twenty or whatever it is, you take you know Flavley still there. That's where it makes a lot more sense to take a more developmental kind of big because you just look at the history of some of these young big men that are starting right now. Um, I mean, I think that's a that's a pretty good spot um, to take a big like that. But yeah, at ten, now I'm looking I'm looking for someone. If they keep that pick at ten, I'm looking for someone they can slot into the starting lineup uh, and start playing right away.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to consider that some of these guys might be, you know, available. Like, it feels like the guy the, – it's it's so interesting at the moment. Asar Thompson, who has long been considered – I'm talking like two years – been considered the lesser of the two Thompson twins, is sort of slipping in conversations because his brother, Amin Thompson – is a worse shooter like that's just factually true the difference between the two of these guys is is that Amon Thompson might be the best athlete to come into this draft in a long time I mean if you want to consider Zion like a one-of-one athlete like he's in you know Kevin O'Connor gets killed for his like skinny Zion comp but what I talked to Kevin what he means is like preposterous athlete and. Osar is just—he's a, a grade below athletically, but they're both so fantastic basketball. It's just people do wild things at this at this point in the draft, where it's just you, you start thinking about it, and you know, is Taylor Hendricks gonna? Like, I just don't see Taylor Hendricks slipping. It, no, neither. Really but at the same time, I see these drafts, these mock drafts, and Taylor Hendricks keeps being there. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't. That's
2: know. yeah, that's weird. Um, but yeah, like I'm looking at though. like. I know it is. And I'm looking at like one of the mocks. And like I don't even want to say, you know, obviously the top three is the top three. I mean, even the top five probably we shouldn't talk about, but like, you know, you go from four to nine, let's just do that. And it's, you know, this the tankathon mock, which isn't really like uh you know, that's not ironclad right. or anything. No. But it just gives a good idea of like players in that range. So four through ten, you know, is Amon Amon Thompson, you know, Cam Whitmore. Sora Thompson, Jairus Walker, Taylor Hendricks, Anthony Black, and then it's the Mavericks at 10. Like any of those guys I just mentioned from four through nine, if one of those guys can drop to 10, like I want, I'm want, i running to the phone, I'm calling it in, and I don't even care what the trade package is. Like, I agree. If it's Anthony Black, if it's Hendricks, if it's Walker, somehow Thompson, somehow Whitmore, those are the ones that are a little too, I think, far-fetched for me. But Walker Hendricks, Hendricks Black, who are all projected to be like the first, the like three picks right above Mavericks. If one of those guys can get to ten, I'm I'm kind of falling in love with all three of those guys to the point yeah, where I don't care yeah. what the trade is. I just want one of those three
1: guys. That's where that is. That is a great. You know, it's it's best to have conflict on a pod. But that is that is more or less <laughs> where I am as well. One thing I have kind of found interesting in readings over the past few days is that Brandon Miller. Is apparently just shitting the bed in all of his interviews. Mm-hmm. And so my question becomes How far does that guy fall? How far does you know he's he's the oldest of almost all these draft guys when you go take a look at the top? Um Jordan Hawkins, who's who's in the top, he's projected twelfth on the Tankathon one. The Mavericks actually interviewed him um a couple of weeks ago. He's he's prob- those are the two players in the top 15 um i'm just i'm really curious just really curious this is it's gonna be fun and i'm really i'm not like i'm very i'm really looking forward to going on vacation but i'm very (laughs) sort of like frustrated that i wasn't paying attention when i booked my vacation as to when the draft was just because the mavericks don't care about the draft i never think about this shit Uh, (laughs) yeah it feels like whatever what
2: charlotte and portland do is gonna set like the rest of the lottery, like. Because they're I mean, the two question marks. Like, cause... I guess,
1: like, like, what, like, just for discourse, for sheer discourse, like, for the humor of it all. If Brandon Miller fell, what if the Mavericks traded up for him? Oh, oh that'd be amazing, just for the comment, uh, yeah. just for the content. Because uh, you know, apparently, he's been advised when going to interviews. Seriously I'm not kidding about this. He's been advised when going to draft interviews to not discuss anything related to his involvement with that shooting.
2: Well, then that which, explains why his interviews are going so poorly. Right. Which is, <laughs>
1: and then he shows up out of shape, and it's like it's kind of like it's wild stuff where I'm just like, how, you know, because the the you know, not to get we don't, this is not our business, but basically the Alabama, like the 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 police department where he went to college, they they can't, they said they can't charge him, they don't have anything to charge him with. But there's just like this haze lingering over it. It's similar to the you know some of these football players that were there for that that guy um, who died in like the the reckless driving accident. It's just like like when you're around weird stuff, it tends to to impact you know your draft stats. So I'm just that's one I'm kind of keeping an eye on, even though I I just because I think the discourse running our team would be like really the team that's done this with. You know the, the various organizational oh, yeah, difficulties. like it would be it would suck like i would hate i would hate covering it even though he'd probably be a good basketball player for this team oh, yeah. um trying to think if there's a like draft wise we need to know more um just so just not to you know plug but i'm gonna have on uh, a draft expert next week josh and i'll probably record tuesday night but i'm gonna record with um crap what's wrong what's um uh, barlow uh uh, next week though so that'll that'll be fun rafael barlow really looking forward to talking to him he's out of the he's based out of the dallas area and we're going to be talking about dallas area prospects not necessarily like mavericks related stuff but i just am fascinated by the the dfw pipeline uh it's crazy i mean and and it goes back to my days and it continued with your days and it's just you know you, you think about the different guys that have come through you know over the over the years and it's it's really deep, really, really deep. It's really, really deep. Um, my, my brain is just mush at this point. Like, like Kate Cunningham is a Dallas area guy, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the number let's see here, the 2024 high school basketball rankings, I'm trying to remember this guy's name, Trey Johnson, right up the road from <laughs> here at Lake Highlands. He's a six, 580 pound shooting guard. You know, the the um, Ron Holland, who just committed to, I think it's overtime elite or he's or he's going to G League. Um, maybe I'm right. And who was who went to Duncanville and was committed to Texas? Like these are like top players in the nation. Like we're not talking like top 20. We're talking like top of the top of the top. So I'm very interested to see, like, why that is. Is that just like like, you know, um Steel, you know, steel shaped steel type thing with different guys of like that. Anyways, I'm I'm getting off track. That's going to be the discussion I'm having with them next week. Um, what else do we think there is kind of on the on on the 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 horizon? I've been, you know, this finals is is going to be. I think the finals might end up being kind of boring just because of the you know the the Denver way. So good, <laughs> yeah. But the, the Denver is so much better. Yeah, so okay. Obviously, the, the game's over now. They won 104 to 93, mm-hmm. but. The Heat were never really in it, and they got a 26.13 rebound performance out of Bam, out of Io, and that doesn't happen two games in a row. Um, what I'm trying to think of, like, there are any like Maverick related takeaways from these playoffs. And, you know, the only thing I keep kind of coming back to is last year when the Mavericks were in the playoffs, they didn't understand just how tightly bound they were to a Luka Doncic Jalen Brunson combination. They didn't understand just how important that was to their winning. And right now, when you look at the roster, it's what we've been saying for five years. It's just like like it was held together by Luca, paper mache, and I Brunson in a way I didn't fully understand. And now they they don't really have anything. I mean, they have Kyrie, but I I you know going back to our CBA conversation, if they were to sign Kyrie to like a four year max. I think they have to, but I also think that's insane. You know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, because the question is, what do you do? What do you Mm -hmm. do if you don't do that? I just, I mean,
1: you open up some cap space, but you open up like $19 Yeah. It's not enough. Yeah. What are you going to get for that?
2: Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Just watching these teams play. um, I mean, it's like you said, it's the same thing the last five years. The Mavericks are just like, woefully behind in terms of athleticism in terms of talent in terms of starting caliber players you know we make the joke about like if you these two teams play you know luca would be the best you know you'd rank luca one and then the next seven ranked players they'd all be the other team you know now with Kyrie, that's a different story but okay then three through seven are probably still the other team um yeah it's just a matter of you know they just need talent and they need to fill out the three through six spots in this roster that they have pretty much ignored or they've really struck out the last five years. Whether they, you know, they tried with DeLon Wright and they tried with uh, Josh Richardson and Seth Curry. Um, they've tried to, to to bolster their starting rotation uh, over the last couple of years and, and it hasn't gone well. And so, you know, they really need a wing. Uh, they really need, <laughs> they really need a lot uh, is kind of what I'm watching, um, from watching these teams. It's a lot, a
1: lot. It's a (laughs) lot. And, and I, I do think there's a fun argument about the West being similarly wide open past Denver next year, maybe, but it can't just be Luka Doncic good. And granted, I, I sort of think, you know, we talked about this in the live show last time, Three and a half, Luca's going to have three and a half months off of basketball. And someone pointed this out to me. I asked this very stupid question. I said, When was the last time Luca had this much time off from basketball? And one of our followers said, Well, when the NBA shut down before the bubble, which is a great answer because it's like clearly from March until August, because I'm pretty sure it was August when the bubble kicked back up. Maybe it was September. Luca came into the bubble looking like a basketball god. Mm -hmm. He was out of control in the bubble. And granted that whole year 2019-2020 he was pretty fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I feel I feel hopeful about it. You know, there was a great story. I I she's not my favorite journalist, but Ramona Shelburne wrote a really good story today on when Jokic when it clicked for Jokic that he had to become better. And it was on ESPN Daily, I think the name of their podcast today was, and like mm-hmm. Jokic Jokic has been considered a basketball savant going back to his teen years, but he looked dumpy um, and didn't always love it. And
2: yeah, there wasn't that long ago that some of the stuff we're talking about with Luka, the same conversations were around Jokic.
1: Well, it's like they, there was that reminder. Do you remember that incredible like quadruple overtime game with um, Portland? Uh, Mm -hmm. that the Nuggets lost where Jokic played 64 minutes. And it's like, (laughs) could you imagine Luka playing? And this is not a shot at Luka. He's a younger man who has, he's faced adversity, but he's always conquered stuff. And Matthew Phillips wrote about this today uh, a couple days ago. He he wrote an article called Failure is the First Step on the Path to Success, which I've just been really thinking about lately in that I will continue to expect great things from Luka because Luka is a great player. And when we can criticize Luca, it is much more in the vein of for Luca will always have reasons that, you know, the, the team building around Luca, he has to leave that up to them. He has to control the things within his ability to control in order to come out and really help this team succeed. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he plays with Slovenia. They play late July and then August and September. And so, you know, we're hopefully we're going to get a, a, a really, I don't know, splitting the difference between the svelte and the power. Like he's come in (laughs) looking very different in multiple seasons, sometimes heavy, but also sometimes just like thick. And some of that comes with aging, like his head is bigger than it was his rookie year. And I mean that like in a literal <laughs> sense, like you go and I like, it's like funny, you go, you will look at pictures of yourself in college. And then like in your mid twenties, you look different. Your body changes. I, I, am kind of rambling at this point, but I, just, <laughs> I I find myself at like a, at a, at a f- odd mix of emotions of where I feel very challenged by the Maverick future, but still very bullish on the Luka Doncic future.
2: Yeah, he'll always give you a chance. And even with if they have Kyrie and that stays normal, um they will I mean they will they will be in every game, like as long as those two guys are on the floor. If if they bring back Kyrie, which is just crazy to think about a team that only won 30, 38 games last year. You know, remember that what was that wild thing I kept talking about? I was like, they just don't get blown out. Like they're losing, but they like they're in these games. So it's like on one hand, they are super far away because just in terms of what they have available to them to build the roster. but also it's like if they can just like just get lucky like two or three times like in the next three years, that might be enough because Luca is that good. So it's interesting to think about it that way.
1: It is. So here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm kind of thinking because you know, we could continue. Um, one of the things I, I've, I've probably talked with Nick and Isaac about this before, but like, I don't envy the fact that they're kind of obligated to do a daily post (laughs) because I would just shoot my mouth off so fucking much. Um, instead I do that once a week instead of every day. Um, I'm going to host the live show tomorrow, mid-afternoon. I'm really, at some point, someone from my job is going to be like, you have to stop doing this. Only, at, like, my job is East Coast-based, so it's like I'm basically doing it at 4 o'clock on Fridays, like when no one's working anyways, who cares? But come join the live show. Ask me some questions. Let's, let's talk about some things. Um, I've enjoyed the kind of questions we've been getting. They're not all draft-focused. They're not all free agency-focused. Um, you know, free agency is one of those things we've kind of been ignoring. So I don't think we want to talk about it. The monster Ben Zidell wrote a fucking Russell Westbrook free agency profile, which he then published and I just wasn't paying attention. Um, that was fun. It's like, no, I don't want Russell Westbrook. How dare you? Um, so please come hang out with me tomorrow, 3 PM. I'll put that post up at some point you can schedule. We'll hang out and, you know, I'll take questions and we can talk about whatever you guys want um you got anything else before we we head out of dodge
2: no i think that's about it but we're uh,
1: yeah. what, we're what are it. you what is what so we don't talk about this stuff enough and i don't care if people don't care what How? how is josh spending his leisure time now when you don't have two podcasts and a basketball site to think about every moment of for six three uh,
2: months <laughs> uh right now all my free time is going to zelda um, good
1: okay <laughs> that's where i so i was gonna ask you about that because the boy and i um, You're playing. We're playing, the first one, right? we're playing Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. and I'm doing it two track. Where some nights I'm playing by myself in a different, under a different profile to get ahead, and then he plays and I play. sometime, it's maybe like a half an hour before he goes to bed. Maybe one or two nights a week, and then like Saturday and Sunday mornings, and it's just incredible, man. It's really incredible. <laughs>
0: it really incredible.
1: is. I'm really mad that I didn't play it prior, but I also think I was just not like, cause it came out 2017. I got my wife in that right. About right. Yeah.
2: 2017. So we'll I got wait. my wife or would have been young, young, One. right? Well,
1: yeah. I also, we didn't have a, Wii then or a, a switch. Then we got the yeah. switch during COVID because my wife wanted something to play. And I remember mm-hmm. pulling it up and like, that was right when we had taken over site. And like at that point in time, every day was, true like nails on a Dude. chalkboard anxiety i probably yeah. should have played it i would have been i think it might have been a great stress reliever but it's yeah. it's, it's something just else just <laughs> incredible it's There's so nothing cool. else like it yeah well the real logic stuff is really fun mm-hmm. and for and him the second my one
2: cranks that up to a million
1: and that so. i'm a little terrified of because <laughs> right now I end up playing more than my son because the combat like stresses him out because we're just we're at the point right now where he will like do stuff when I'm not paying attention will like break half our weapons like swinging them at trees and I'm like man stop it and he doesn't care but it's it's just it's really fun to like go into some of the shrines and yes. really like and yes. just do logic based stuff mm-hmm. where even though he can't do the controls for me he can say well what if we try this yes yeah that's really neat he's gonna that's
2: really neat the that the what if we try this, part of this the next one it's like they lean into that, and what, what if we be su- great.
1: what if what if we said su- Dallas Mavericks that Mark Cuban play Breath of the Wild, and try things instead of the same remember. linear path every fucking time. What if we sign two stars? What if we sign anyway? Uh <laughs> Well, we'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. You and I will be back probably next Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody enjoy, you know, the finals as much as you can. I know people love railing on a bad. um, It's like, oh, well, it's not going to be fun. It's like, fuck this. Watching Jokic play basketball is amazing enjoy Mm -hmm. things being amazing don't care about the narrative have fun watching basketball
2: you're not you don't have stock in the NBA the ratings don't matter to you
1: no who gives (laughs) yeah anybody that talks about that stuff is is in it for themselves like I don't care you're not a
2: shareholder in the NBA you're fine (laughs) I'm
1: watching (laughs) like I'm watching silo on Apple Plus and I promise you Apple Plus is various like money laundering schemes which is all (laughs) of their television shows (laughs) they don't give a shit who watches them because they just keep making the shows
2: because they have to put that money somewhere. The they, got right. too much they,
1: have, money. they have more money than God, so they <laughs> need to keep reinvesting it somewhere.
2: i uh, yeah, I I was gonna say I we bought uh the Mario movie. I bought it through uh Apple because for dorky reasons, because it's the because I, I, I guarantee yeah. that the, their their app is really good in terms of yeah, like picture oh, quality. So like yeah. I wanted to make sure I had the best version if I'm gonna buy it. Uh, for you know watch it uh our families watching it our two-year-olds watch it, like a hundred times and so about. yeah it's great yeah. but every time i go in there to like go play the movie like you know i see all the crap that's on like
1: crap it's amazing i see all the stuff that's on us there us i'm like amazing. holy
2: I'm like that's why don't more people talk about this app like there's more there's way more stuff on there than like when i pull up netflix or when i when i enter any other app it's like oh what's all this dreck and then when i open up that app i'm like Whoa, like famous is, like... people
1: stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big sci fi dork, so I like. Uh, there's this, this, I the initial, the original science fiction series is, is this, this series called Foundation. It's a you, book series, but they somehow it. turned it into an, uh, they, they, Isaac Asimov's Foundation, and they turned it into this, this Apple Plus show with the monstrous power forward six foot five Lee Pace as the center <laughs> of it. And it is in, incre- it's like watching, you remember, um, you were a couple of years younger than me going to see Lord of the Rings the first time where you want, you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing what they do with this stuff. And that's where it's like, Oh, that's where all the good CGI went is all these Apple plus shows. That's why <laughs> Disney, that's why Disney can't do any fucking CGI anymore.
2: Anyway. <laughs> Cause Apple's doing it all.
1: That's 10 minutes on uh, Josh and I and how we spend our time doing other uh, stuff than this. Um, okay. Thanks so much for hanging out with this team. We'll uh, hopefully see some of you tomorrow. And if not, we will uh, check in next week. Everybody, have a great weekend and go, Mavs.